Leighton Beard from the Automobile Association joins me in conversation. Uh, Leighton, it's good to chat to you. Uh, the AA's response to the department's announcement regarding the fuel price increase yesterday. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Good to be with you as well. I mean, it's obviously not unexpected. We see the numbers on a daily basis. Um, the numbers were indicating increases across the board, and um, that's exactly what we got. Uh, thankfully, there has been some respite uh, in the form of a cutting to the general fuel levy. Uh, one rand fifty has been taken off the fuel price for May um, and for April and May, which is good news. Had that not been the case, um, obviously these increases would have been a lot steeper. Um, they're already going to hit home in the sense that they are steep. Uh, and it's going to affect every single South African. They are um, uh, adding to the record uh, high fuel prices we already have. Um, but they could have been worse. And, you know, obviously we welcome the fact that the minister cut the, the general fuel levy. I guess the question now, Mike, is what happens after May going, you know, going into June and, and what's the what's the way forward for the fuel price then? So... If there wasn't this one rand fifty cut, South African motorists would have been looking at for ninety three octane a one rand seventy eight increase, uh, putting us ever closer to the twenty four rand per liter mark. It's still record f- uh, high fuel prices. In any case, <clears throat> it is. Let, let's just be clear: um, the increases that we got were the increases that are forecast. So you know, the twenty eight cents for ninety five and thirty six for. Uh, uh, for, for 93 and the, and the 2 Rand 90 and 3 Rand for diesel, those would have stayed the same and those have stayed the same. Um, the, only, uh, the, the only thing is is that the petrol price itself has come down because that one levy oh. has now been reduced from 3 Rand 94 to 2 Rand uh, 38 or whatever it is, one Rand, minus 1 Rand 50. I'm, I, my maths is uh, leaving me a little now. But, um, I mean, obviously those increases on top of what the price would have been, would have been very significant. So, um, so yes, I think, um, you know, th- th- there was a little bit of a cushion to the blow, um, but it's not taking all the pain away. And as you correctly said, um, we're still in record high fuel price territory, as is um, Europe, North America, Asia, many other countries in the world. What's contributing to the, the high costs at the moment, Leighton? International petroleum is contributing 100% to these increases. In fact, there are two main factors that influence the fuel price, Michael. The first is um, international petroleum product prices, international oil prices, um, and those are at the mercy of geopolitical developments and politics around the world. So, yes, the Ukraine situation is certainly having an impact on that oil price. Why? Because it's a supply and demand issue. Um, Russia is one of the biggest producers of oil in the world. Uh, there's obviously concerns about its supply of that product, and it's pushing the price higher. There are other conflicts. Yemen is a good case in point. Um, we look, there's been a truce uh, that's apparently been broken in the conflict in Yemen, um, and it did push the price more marginally down uh, of oil. So, um, you know, these types of events have an impact on the oil price. We look at, for instance, COVID. It it had a huge impact on the price of oil. Why? Because nobody was using uh, nobody was using oil because nobody was going to work. Cars weren't being run. Factories were closed and all of this. And it drove the price uh, of international oil basically into the ground. So, um, you know, you, you've got these types of developments. If there's an explosion at an oil farm um, in Saudi Arabia, again, supply demand issues, it's going to push the price higher. So that is uh, how we how we look at the international oil price. And then obviously we look at the Rand US dollar exchange rate. 
because South Africa buys this product on an international market, uh, we have to pay for it in dollars, and then that conversion is made from the RAND. Um, in fact, the RAND strengthened in the last couple of weeks, uh, and it shaved off a little bit of that international oil price. So, you know, had the RAND not been as strong, we would have been paying, you know, anything between 17 and 20 cents more on top of what we uh, are going to see happen tonight. So it's those two factors, international oil price absolutely contributing 100% to the increase we're expecting tonight. Um, again, had the RAND not been as strong as it is, picture would have been worse. Had a RAND 50 not been taken off the GFL, could have been even worse. What do you make of Finance Minister Enoch Godongwana's comments that they are looking to fully deregulate or partially deregulate 93 octane? <clears throat> Yeah, it's an interesting move, and and it's obviously one of the proposals that he mentioned in his in his speech uh, to Parliament last week. Um, it's it's a proposal that is apparently up for discussion in June um, as a way to mitigate against rising fuel prices. Um, we currently have deregulation on on diesel in this country, and what does that mean? It means that the that the government publishes a price for diesel for the two classes of diesel that we have. 50 parts and 500 parts per million. Um, and that is the cap. So as a retailer, you can't sell for any more than that. But you can sell for less than that, which means that if you're a savvy buyer, you can go from station to station, you can locate the one that sells at the cheapest for you, and you can use that. And in that way, you can actually you know, have a huge benefit. So the same is being suggested for, for 93, where there's a cap on that price. You can't sell higher, but you can sell lower. There's lots of pros and cons uh, to this argument. Um, the Fuel Retailers Association will tell you that, you know, that deregulation is going to lead to job losses. Um, it's going to lead to fuel stations having to close down. Um, that has a, 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 an equity element to it. Um, it's going to be very bad for the economy. Um, and they make some very solid cases for that. From the AA's point of view, I think we, um, we, we sit a little on the fence on this. Um, at the end of the day, um, our view is anything that benefits the consumer is obviously something that we welcome, but um, at not not always at every cost. Um, and and I think that the discussion uh, needs to be held to to determine exactly what those pros and cons are uh, be before we can reach a stage where we say yes, we we support one or the other. So just to be clear, uh, the salaries of petrol pump attendants and those who work in the service courts, those are built into the, the prices that the consumer and the motorist pay at the pump. So if you yes. fully deregulate, then that cost needs to be carried by the retailers or the wholesalers, and therefore that could lead to job losses. Is that correct? Correct. The, the retailers have what they call the retail margin. And from that, obviously, all kinds of things have to be paid. Uh, rentals, um, you know, salaries, uh, you know, overheads, costs, all of these types of things. And um, yes, I mean, that's exactly the argument, Mike. So at the end of May, when this one rand 50 then comes back into effect, are we yeah. looking down the road here and going, yee, we're going to have, well, record high on top of record high when that one rand 50 gets reintroduced yeah i mean certainly that's the theory um you know uh, uh, we don't know what government is going to do at the end of uh, at the end of may um uh, and and how they're going to go forward but you know based on what the minister said that it was only for two months i think we must assume um, that come June, when that announcement is made of the adjustment for June, 
that that one rand fifty is going to be added back into in, into the levy. And so, yes, you're absolutely correct. Whatever um, the price increase is at that point, it's going to be on top of a full general uh, fuel levy. Um, and and that you know, if it is an increase, it will hurt. If the situation in the Ukraine is not resolved in the next two months, um, who knows what impact that will have on international oil prices? Um, we know that the Americans, uh, President Biden, is releasing uh, strategic fuel reserves um, in a way to to offset rising costs in America. Uh, in South Africa, our strategic fuel reserves are being sold to cover the costs of this cut to the one rand fifty uh, of this one rand fifty cut to the general f- uh, fuel levy. It's not sustainable. So um, yes, I mean, you know, when that one rand fifty enters the mix again, it's it's all back to you know what we used to do in the past, and that's let's have a look at what the increase or decrease is for the month ahead. And if it's an increase, it's going to be a big one because it's obviously not going to have this benefit of a one rand fifty slash to the GFL. Did the announcement of this cut to the GFL come as a surprise to the industry, to the AA and lobby groups, or have you been lobbying in the background and you had some idea what the minister was going to speak about these emergency relief measures? I think it did come as a bit of a surprise. Uh, we are talking to to the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy about an earlier call we made to review the fuel price. So those those talks are very much in 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 the initial phases. Um, and that really is just to review in total the makeup of the fuel price. And I mean, that was always our, our intention to have a long-term discussion on that. Um, but I think the pressing need and something that government has, has has obviously acknowledged, and it's a good thing, is that there was an urgent need to to for, for, for intervention now because of, of the high cost of fuel. And they obviously made made this decision to cut the GFL. It is surprising, um, or it did come as a surprise, because the argument always in terms of let's cut the fuel levy um, or let's say rather to cut the fuel levies because you mustn't forget there is an RAF levy of two rand 18 on every litre of fuel as well. The counter argument to, to cutting them is always yes, but it generates 130 billion rand to the government every year. If they were to take that out of the mix, how do they replace that? Well, government has, has now said, well, we will, we will replace the, the loss of two months through the sale of strategic fuel uh, reserves, and that will cover the costs of the the GFL for for two months, bearing in mind that not the entire GFL has been cut, a portion of the GFL has been cut in the 6 million rand or the 6 billion rand that is expected from the sale of the strategic fuel reviews should cover those costs for two months. Mm-hmm. Going forward, if those those levies are cut entirely or cut more, then the question becomes, but how do you replace that? And we know if a government throughout the world um, has this very strong income, this very easy income, this this income that is taxed on everybody, it's very loath to want to get rid of that income. I mean, it, you know, the GFL alone contributes 90 billion rand to the fiscus. So you've got to ask yourself, how is government going to replace that if they take that out of the mix? And I think that's a very strategic question because we don't know the answer to that. So again, a short-term measure, cushioning a bit of a blow, not taking all the pain away, but a long-term sustainable solution is obviously needed, Mike. And what that is, I think, is going to develop over the next two months, obviously going into June. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how government approaches it from that point of view. Leighton Beard from the AA, thank you. We'll check in with you at the end of May to see what the path is going forward. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Mike. Good to be with you.